0: Welcome to the cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Dedman. I'm joined, as I am every week, by Mr. Shane Reeves.
1: Thank goodness it is warmed up. I know. I almost sent the proprietor of this establishment a text last night that said, I should not have to wear the same clothing that I wear in my deer stand at the poker table. Yeah. And you came in Saturday, man. You could almost see your breath in here. Oh, my gosh. It was awful. I I
0: sat with my big
1: heavy coat on the whole time and was comfortable. So, everyone out there, I'm I'm asking for help. So, the excuse we get is when they turn on the smoke eater, it sucks all the heat out of the roof, and that's why the why the cigar shop gets cold enough to kill not hogs.
0: The, not, the, not the smoke eater. It's the, it's the, uh, the negative exhaust. Okay. It's the powered exhaust.
1: There is a solution for that, and I'll bet you dimes the donuts it's simple. I'll bet you it's a simple solution that somebody has figured out to that because I've been in too many—this is the only cigar shop I've ever been in— that goes arctic yeah. as soon as that exhaust is flipped out. Well, and, you know, and and they love to say also, you know, there's
0: only so much that a heat or an air conditioner can overcome anyway. But I go into other cigar shops and it's balmy right now.
1: Yeah. So there's a solution. So facebook.com slash a cigar cast. If, if you happen to be a proprietor of a shop and want a free plug, tell us how you fix that. Yeah. And we'll be happy to pass that on to management here. I, I think
0: the easiest way to do it is to evict the neighbors. Because the reason they have to run that exhaust fan is because they complain about a smoke smell.
1: Right. when they There was a cigar shop here when they moved in. Exactly. They had to know there was a cigar. And it's a men's haircut joint. Yeah. It's not like it's a ladies' haircut joint. And half joint. the women that work there are standing out back smoking most of the time. Right. But if, anyway. they, if they were smart, they would be trying to negotiate a way to let us smoke while they cut our hair. Exactly. If they were intelligent. but
0: Yeah, put a little barber chair right here where we're sitting. Yeah, I think that'd be great.
1: And, and a light. Well, yeah, you would definitely need <laughs> like a surgical light. Uh, otherwise, who knows what kind of haircut would come out of here. But anyway. It
0: wouldn't be any worse than what they're doing in that.
1: Building any already, okay. Positive time. Oh well, it's, okay. So I have a decision to make. <laughs> All right, I have two cigars here. I have, of course, the Perdomo Champagne Noir, uh-huh. which I gave you one of. Is that pronounced Noir? Noir, Noir. Okay, like no R, Noir, Noir. <laughs> okay. Or I have a cigar that is a steampunk. I've heard of those. You're the only human being in the world that has ever heard of these. Um, it's Lars Tetens, who is a chef and luxury designer, makes this cigar. That doesn't sound like a recipe for success. Well, so this so this cigar's got a lot. Let me. I'm going to tell you the strikes, right. and I thought it might be interesting for the listeners to see what it takes for me to get a cigar on this podcast. Um, this cigar. The downside is, one, it says steampunk, which I think is the stupidest bunch of garbage that's ever been dreamed up. You are Mr. Efficiency, and steampunk is the antithesis
0: of yes. that. It's overly yeah. complex machinery just for the sake of complexity. Right, yeah. right.
1: There's there's nothing endearing about it. And it's not like there was a steampunk era in human evolution. No. It's, well, there...
0: You're right, there wasn't. However it harkens back to a 1940s sci-fi aesthetic is kind of what it comes down to. Like the Jules Verne from the Earth to the Moon is kind of, it kind of, and I said 40s, what I meant was like early teens. right?
1: But it was a short-lived period in time. It It lasted about an hour. It's a romanticism of the
0: idea of sort of height of technology, but within, with, you know, Powered by steam engines and kind of yeah. old industrial revolution meets dot com
1: boom. So that's an X against it in my book. Okay,
0: it'll it'll surprise you and our uh, listeners not one bit to know that I actually do like the steampunk thing. Sure, considering how much you hate it's,
1: it. it, it's overly complicated for the sake of that. That's just well, exactly, the name of your that, that
0: autobiography. Exactly,
1: <laughs> Trey Trey Dedman, overcomplicated for the sake of it. <laughs> I'll take <laughs> no. it, but it's uh, better than Captain Pedantic, which is what I normally get called. <laughs> And the, so the second strike against it is it's made by a chef. Now, the way I acquired this cigar, it was given to me two years ago by Austin. He brought it back <laughs> from the cigar show, the last cigar show two years ago. And it's set in my locker during the cigar show. Or set in my locker for two years. So now we're to the advantages. It's aged. Yeah. I've lost it in poker twice and won it back both times. That's hysterical. <laughs> so it was destined to your hand. So that that's a plus. That means it must be. But then the downside. What if I like it? Yeah. <laughs> what if that you know? Can you find it anywhere? Yeah, it's on Cigars International. And the the robusto is two twenty three ninety nine for twenty five of them. So that's nine bucks a stick. Okay. I would have guessed by the label
0: that that probably would have been about a four dollars cigar. See, that's what I thought about four,
1: six, eight dollars cigar at the top at the yeah. outside.
0: Yet you were playing poker with it.
1: Well, that's because it sat in my locker for two years. I said, "Well, it's obvious I'm not planning to smoke this cigar." <laughs> but
0: you're saying you gave it an extra two or three dollars worth of value based on its age. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes, ba- based on the story of it and, and the fact that nobody was going to fact check me. Right, <laughs> but. I've put it in the pot twice. Let me I, see I lost the it twice. I want it back it. twice. So I guess I might as well smoke it. But I kind of want to smoke the Champagne Noir. I, um, I really hate the label on it. Yeah. yeah because goofy. it's
0: not steampunk.
1: Goofy for the sake of goofy. That's steampunk.
0: Um, <laughs> but I mean, like, the, the pictures on it have nothing to do with the, with the idea of steampunk. Uh-oh. Take a
1: whiff of that. Oh God! Now, now I've got to smoke it. Oh, that's for, Eau de mold. For the I've got to smoke it now. You do. This I, may be my last cigar cast because this may kill me before the end of it. But I'm, that I'm, smells
0: I'm, for the world like mold.
1: No, it's got a little mildew. sweetness to it. But it's been in the locker for
0: no, two I, years. No, I'm not or saying change. it is moldy, but it's that kind of. I remember many years ago. I walked into one of those uh, discount tobacco and beer stores that are popping all over the place. That's exactly what it smells like the humidor in one of those yeah. places. Yes.
1: Son of a gun.
0: Yeah. And I, because I remember telling someone, like, oh, God, your humidor stinks. Oh, no, this is just what a humidor smells if you're not used to it. Lady, I've been working <laughs> in cigar shops for 10 years. I was born in a humidor. <laughs> What yeah. do you mean? <laughs> do not educate. No, I'm sorry. You're wrong, and I'm definitely not buying a cigar here. Um, so I am going to smoke the Champagne Noir. I have a feeling that's what you'll be smoking after the show to get that taste out of your mouth. You, I, I bet you don't even make it halfway through the show before you switch it up. I'm pretty
1: tough. You, you are tough, but. I'm, 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 pre- I'm, I'm gator by myself tough. You don't even need your dog. I don't even need the dog. I sometimes just jump in and grab him for the heck of it. And all uh, um, but uh, Deputy but, Ace, I like that. <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna try it now. Okay. What about your What about the noir? What do you know?
0: Um, I don't see this cigar hardly anywhere anymore, but I absolutely love it, and I smoked a metric crap ton of them when they first came out. Um, it's a beautiful Nicaragua Maduro. Um, that has at least two years of age on it. But a lot of the time, it's it's longer than that. It is aged in bourbon barrels, which I'm usually not a fan of. Um, but you don't really taste it in this cigar, and that's why I like it. Because it doesn't, I mean, you're not paying more for that in this case because it's a relatively inexpensive cigar. But it's also not ruining the flavor of it. So I, I give them a pass. Um, Nicaraguan binder and fillers. It's medium plus and medium full and
1: it's a it's a great cigar. moldy cardboard yeah. is the initial note. and all the, the initial note is old moldy cardboard is the flavor I'm getting from this steampunk. And I'll, that's uh, what I would have I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna smoke at least I will smoke at least two inches of this cigar. all right and I'll keep a measure handy and all, but I will smoke at least two inches of this cigar before I fling it off into the great beyond where maybe it'll never harm anyone.
0: But well, first light mine's amazing.
1: Yeah. Now, yeah. That's the other thing. I shouldn't have given you that cigar. Cause now I've got to sit and watch you smoke the cigar. I wanted to smoke. Yeah. Well, I smoke this and that may be unfair to the steampunk. Could be. Yeah. That
0: was probably about, I probably should have gone back to my other cigar once you decided against it. Um,
1: So, half-wheel, tatawahe, and surrogates add robusto samplers. I like this idea. See,
0: I I was curious why you brought this one up, because we talk bad things about samplers on many occasions. Now, granted, this is within one company, so we usually give those a pass, But it's not a brand that either of us smoke very regularly, so I'm curious what piqued your interest
1: here. The only reason I don't smoke more surrogates is they sell out here as quick as they hit the shelves. Okay. And they're hard to acquire elsewhere. That's the only reason. If surrogates was a regular smoke in this shop... um, You'd go to town. Yeah, I would definitely smoke it. All right. and also and this one's got the animal cracker which is one of my favorite and all this now this is for all the listeners out there if you buy the sergates six pack for somebody be sure they're a smoker
0: yeah be it,
1: sure they they're ready this is not going to break someone new into the hobby
0: well and the same goes for Tatawahe too I mean, that, Tatuah, he's not for the faint of heart. I think you and I take for granted just how bold that cigar is a lot of times.
1: Well, Skullbreaker, Breaker, Crystal Baller, Tramp Stamp, Animal Cracker, Satin Glove, and Seventh Sand. Those are great names for a cigar. Yeah, I, I wish they had the Bone Crusher in there. The Bone yeah. Crusher is actually one of my favorite of the Surrogates. Um, I'm giving it up. That is the sh- worst cigar I have ever put between my lips. I'm going to I'm giving it up. Here, uh, you, you talk. I'm you, throwing this thing away.
0: <laughs> you only—you didn't even last half an inch. Uh, I, I knew it. I knew there was no way you could make f- that I last. I fear for
1: my health smoking that cigar. Uh, oh, my tongue feels like it's got green fur now, on
0: it. It doesn't smell as bad as the cigar you smoked. Was it two weeks ago that smelled like weed? But at least I could get through that yeah, one. True that one there there's no getting through it so the Tatawahi version of the uh, of the sampler has the Havana 6 uh, the Cazador Black Label uh, Cabaguan uh, Novitas Hibaro and Fausto
1: Novitas Hibaro and the Fausto and, uh, and the only one of those that I've ever smoked what the heck was that <laughs> that's me that's me <laughs> making fun of the way you pronounce things in Spanish the only one of those I smoked is the one with the orange level, which is that's the Nueve to nu, the Habaro. The, um, yeah. is that one. That's the only one of those in that pack I've ever smoked, but those look a little milder than the Surrogates.
0: They look it, but looks can be deceiving. The Fausto I've had is incredible. It's full, 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 full-bodied. And the black label is full-bodied, but not quite as... Not quite that. I would say full-flavored, maybe medium to full-bodied. Uh, and then the um, the Casador I would put in that same camp. So you're, I don't know the other ones as much. So
1: I had to give it up. There, there's no way I could have smoked that cigar and done this podcast. Wow, that tastes good. Mm-hmm. And wires, because I've never seen them in the humidor here. These right. were given to me as a gift for something I bought. Gotcha. Yeah. Probably when I bought those other Perdomos that we've been smoking on. Probably. And all, but... Um, yeah,
0: no, I've always been a big fan of this. And I'm actually getting more of the bourbon barrel aging on this cigar than I normally do. I wonder if that's by virtue of the fact that this is my first cigar of the day.
1: It may be, because it's unusual for it to be this hour and you not to have had a cigar. Yeah, that tells you something about my day. <laughs> <laughs> and all, but okay, so we're going to talk about the dog. Let's talk about the dog. Florida dog rescued from alligator becomes sheriff's deputy. So let me get this straight. The
0: dog runs and jumps into an alligator's mouth and becomes a deputy, but the drink, the, what was it, the Bloody Mary drinking cigar smoking guy who actually wrestled the alligator doesn't get Jack?
1: Yeah, so Richard Wilbanks was taking a walk. We covered this story a couple of weeks ago, but I have to, I'm going to retouch it. If you've been on the internet, you've seen this video. Uh-huh. Richard Wilbanks was taking a walk with his wife and puppy named Gunner. I assume that's the puppy, not the wife. With a Bloody Mary in his hand and a cigar Although I could imagine <laughs> if her name was Gunner I would wrestle the alligator <laughs> With a Bloody Mary in his hand and a cigar in his mouth Now that's the way I want to go <laughs> Just for the record And then he heard a yelp And the alligator was swimming off through the pond With his four month old puppy And he dives in And misses the greatest opportunity of his life To look over at his wife and say Hold my stogie it just dives in and grabs the alligator, wrestles the dog out of its mouth. And then the Lee County Sheriff's Office pins a badge on the dog. Right. Which I could argue hurt worse than the gator grabbing it. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure. And, okay, this is, the, this, this is the stuff that drives me crazy in our life. These symbolic gestures that mean nothing. Yep. Gunner is going to educate children about safety throughout Lee County. School bus safety... Safety as it relates to the water, alligators in ponds, toads, cane toads, and the types of danger that children face every day. <laughs> like, so, how's Gunner gonna do? That that seems like a tall order for a dog that couldn't even get at, get himself out of the mouth of an alligator. Gunner wins the battle against the alligator. No, he didn't. Yeah. Will Gun- Bankstead. <laughs> Gunner would I, I would have Will Banks. I, but you know, and this is what it is: is Will Banks had a cigar in his mouth, so obviously they oh, couldn't yeah, exactly. They he, couldn't deputize him. He he
0: can't possibly extol the the dangers of to kids because he's a cigar and smoker.
1: Why has Drew Estate not stepped up? I know. Why have they not stepped up and sent this man some cigars, some swag? Jeff Borowitz, get on that. Yeah, Jeff, you're you're right there, and I'm sure a good alligator fighting cigar. Yeah. And I, that other cigar, that steampunk was a good alligator finding cigar because I'd have had nothing. To, not- <laughs> I'd have dived into alligator infested water to put that son of a gun out, <laughs> just to save myself. If your options
0: are smoking that cigar again and jumping into alligator infested waters, I know which one you're I'm, choosing. I'm stripping down the to cigar. the g
1: string and going after it. <laughs> just telling you, but it, it is interesting because this guy did this whole alligator rescue the dog thing. He didn't do any of the cool stuff that you would like to be able to do, you know, take your shirt off, hand her, hold my stogie, set down your drink or just finish your drink in one shot.
0: That's no, yeah, it's definitely a chug. It's it, you know, shove the cigar in the side of the mouth, rip the shirt off and not take it off, rip it off like yeah, Hogan I mean, used to. It's just a little white shirt. He could have he could have managed through that. Yeah. Once you
1: get through the neck of the show of the shirt, you're in business. And then
0: you've got to come out of the water with the alligator held above your head, like you just did a snatch <laughs> yeah. in the Olympics.
1: Yeah, you've re- you've really got to to go. He missed a lot of opportunity in this particular episode. But on top of all that, they made the puppy a um, a sheriff's deputy, which. A four-month-old puppy teaching kids about school bus safety. I'm not sure how that works either. That Noir is a good cigar. I like the flavor. Yeah, I'm I'm really digging it. I really like the taste of that. So speaking of the... um, Speaking of what? I'm getting there, man. you you got to relax. You're all wound up. You're getting your first hit of nicotine for the day. You're just teed up. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what it is.
0: I listened to one of our old episodes this week. Uh, it was probably Monday, I want to say. And I was online at Chick-fil-A, and it, it came up just on my phone. It was an episode from late summer, I want to say 2018, probably, is what it sounded like. I don't actually know, because it was just the audio file. It didn't have right. the date on it. Um, and, God, our energy used to be so good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Still got a lot of energy.
0: <laughs> so I'm trying to reinvest some of that back in
1: after I was, oh, yeah, I'm definitely not the same person I was on the show two years ago. Well, speaking of supermanliness, speaking of the manliness, the man- manly arts, hold my cigar while I wrestle this alligator. OKCU's Mercedes Benz V-Class has an espresso machine, champagne cooler, and they say cigar Holder. Going out of order. Can it me. not be human? Well, we're we're talking about manly things. We got to stay, okay, stay I, with the theme. Let, let a man transition, will I, you? <laughs> do it better then. I You're just the one did. who usually fusses at me for going out of order. <laughs> I just did it better. So this, so we're not car guys. Um, I am. Uh, I'm okay. I'm not a car guy. I enjoy my truck. And I'll just had mud flaps put on it on the way up here and had to order some trier guards and some stuff like that. You just now got the mud flaps this week? Yeah. Well, I just now got back up here to get them put on. I oh, came okay. in, but I, I haven't, I've been doing it on my way here. Gotcha. And I'll, um, to me, car collecting makes no sense. It's one of the, the most foolish endeavors because you got to have somewhere to store them. And every time you use them, they're going down in value. Not necessarily. Yeah, in the vast majority of the time, and I'll and, and the you man that just to... got rear-ended today is about to argue with me how driving your 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 <laughs> automobile is uh, is not going to lower the value. Is yeah, that is that... that where we're standing right now? I'm just wanting to clarify for those listening at home.
0: Well, I do now have first-hand experience with this exact issue. Thank you very much. No, um, you're you're right to a point. Yeah, as the mileage goes up, the value goes down. There, there's Definitely an inherent risk by taking a vehicle onto the road. However, when you talk about car collecting, you're usually talking about cars that are going to appreciate in value. And so, as long as it's not your daily driver, the likelihood of it depreciating from use faster than it appreciates from rarity and age is. I mean, but that's I definitely not car collecting. That's car investing. Well, I was about to say, I don't believe in car collecting as an investment. I, there are a couple of cars that you can do that with, but by and large, I'm not, I'm not in favor of it. But again, a, as a collection, you know, it's yeah. It, even if it does go
1: down in value, if you get enjoyment out of it, that's what matters. Yeah, but okay, let's look at it this way. I've got a safe full of guns at home. I've got a safe full of knives at home. Mm-hmm. And none of, neither of those are going down in value no matter how much I use them. And it's two safes. It's not a lot of real estate. Now, you're talking about cars. You're talking about trickle chargers. You're talking about winterizing. You're talking about tires. You're talking about setting them up. You're not talking about a hobby that the average human being is going to get into. True, but but that doesn't negate the
0: value or the the validity rather um, for the people who can afford to do it. It's I mean it's not like we're out here talking about collecting planes. True, because yeah, you can I mean you can keep <laughs> comparing one hobby to the next hobby and and get right. equally get- equally crazy. Um, Yeah, uh, collecting guns, collecting knives Collecting whatever you want to collect I think it's fine Yes, there's an inherent barrier to entry on car collecting Because of real estate And because you can only drive one at a time And so you have to drive them to keep them in running order So you have to keep a rotation And you have to, you know So, yeah, there does become a point of diminishing returns But, you know, if I were to ever get into the opportunity into the position where I had The ability to collect cars I'd have about four in my garage
1: Yeah, see I, do, I just don't Because you hear about this, this is one of the big things that happens with comedians When they start getting some money They start collecting cars It just I don't know what it is about comedians and cars I guess it's because They spend so much time in them starting out That when they do finally make it You know, um, Jeff Dunham's famous For his car collection Yeah, And um, uh, Fluffy well, no. Yeah, Fluffy he Gabriel Iglesias. Yeah, he collects Volkswagen buses. That's his best. That's big pretty thing. cool. And uh so yeah, there. It's very. Um, it seems like comedians really drift toward that. And I would actually like for me,
0: the car collection should not just be because you can or because you think it's going to appreciate. Like, like I've already got kind of an idea in my head about the cars I would have in my collection. Uh, you know, kind of a, a Jeep runaround kind of vehicle, you know, a, a classic you know, roadster sports car, a classic luxury car like a Rolls or a Bentley. You know, all serve different purposes and, and are the top of their mark in that class. But
1: I wouldn't just want six Austin Healey Sprites. Okay, well, I can understand. But anyway, here's the article. So the Mercedes-Benz V-Class. So this is a minivan. <laughs> let's, let's call it what it is. It's yep. a Mercedes minivan, but it's got the back set up with the Royals Royce leather seats, the espresso maker, the humidor. I'm no longer going to call this a cigar holder. Because yeah, to not- me, a cigar holder is something you put a lit cigar in.
0: True. But I, I would actually probably go so far as to call this a cigar case more so than a humidor just because of the virtue of the fact that it's in a car. So it's not actually going to serve its purpose really well. Well
1: if you look at the picture of it, it's built like a humidor. I mean, that thing seals up. You know, you look at those hinges, those are some heavy-duty hinges.
0: True, but that tight seal can only overcome so much of the 120-degree internal temperature in a Tennessee summer.
1: True, true, if you leave it in there. And I like that the little espresso machine rolls out of the rest. I mean— this is just one of those really cool things to have. If you, if you were the kind of person that entertained people... Yeah. Well, let's, let's, let's both admit, limos are stupid.
0: Limos serve zero purpose. Anybody can rent them now, so they're not even that impressive. They're impossible to park, to navigate. They gum up the roads for everybody else. They look ridiculous. They're not comfortable to sit in. There's no point.
1: The only thing dumber... Is the um, novelty limo. Yeah. The Escalator, the Hummer. The, yeah. Yeah. the novelty limo is the only thing dumber than the regular or limo. Or the one with the jacuzzi in the back yeah. and, and all that. Yeah. So
0: I say all that to say this is a vehicle that has taken the concept of the limo and put it in a minivan form factor. So it's unassuming. So you can drive down the freeway and nobody knows what's going on. But in the meantime, you've got enough room in the back to play croquet.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's sharp I, and it's got the little stars on the top and all which I think is just funny. Well,
0: and I really do feel like that's a throwback to limos cuz that's kind of a limo thing and, and that's what so as much as I hate limos I think this is fantastic. It's even got a built-in iPad control center for the it looks like that's a flat screen on the back as well.
1: It does and it's got the Apple Play yeah. and everything in it. I mean, just a cool little, you know, super luxury item. And also, when the day comes that you're wealthy, what is your super luxury item? I'm curious to know. What would what would be the super luxury item that you would go buy? A sailboat. Sailboat. Do you have a particular type? Do you have a spot in, o- in mind where you'd want to sail? St. It- Martin. Uh-huh. Beneteau is the brand. And I would want...
0: Um, I really like the... discovery No. They don't make discovery. I'm not up to date with their current models. I used to be back when I was sailing, um, but Beneteau, in my opinion, they're a French company. They make the best boats in the world. And uh, for for your average everyday, I mean, they're not making America's Cup boats or anything like that. But yeah, that would be my that would be my if I've got money to throw at something and don't have to worry about the frivolity. Yeah, it's a sailboat.
1: It's funny that both of ours are boats because mine would be a Ranger bass boat. Yeah, one of the the brand new Rangers, and I would have to you know buy a garage big enough to keep it in because problem with fiberglass boats they're beautiful but they you can't leave them out under any condition. Right, they so I will would, rot. Yeah, I would have to have a place to put it under, and all. But that would kind of be that you know you know I've made it when I pull up here of a Ranger behind the Ford. Right. You'll know I have made it at that point. But I just thought, I don't guess I realized they were fiberglass. I guess it makes sense, but... I... Oh, yeah. Yeah, Rangers are fiberglass. Um, but they're just beautiful. The Ranger is still the top of the market. Ranger is the Padron of boats. I can just say that. So I'm getting an interesting mouth feel off of this Perdomo. I'm getting a little tingle. Um, yeah. It seems like it's its kind of a good whole mouth feel. I'm getting quite a bit throughout all my senses on it i'm i'm really enjoying this perdomo this this may finally be the perdomo that i that is better than just good okay and i now that could be that i'm coming off of a, a horrific cigar experience moving toward that but it may be the one that's good but this you can go to carscoops.com and read about the mercedes-benz v-class i only mention it because it has the humidor in it and I do just I love the luxury of it.
0: I, I do too. No, I think it's great. I was I was ready to poo poo all over it, and uh, but the more I look at it, the more I think, yeah, this is
1: brilliant. Well, if you're a lobbyist and you're picking people up at the airport, yeah. If you're you know if you're in oil, whatever you're doing, you could comfortably pick somebody up in this and then feel like they were dealing with a professional. Exactly. And uh, this is this is definitely a great tax write-off. The only thing I don't like about this article is it don't say the price. Yeah i, I, like, I got to think the price, 100. and Quarter mil. You think quarter mil? Mm-hmm. You think it's all the way up quarter yeah. mil? And we'll have to look it up because it's it's I'm, I'm definitely over, yeah, finished 24-karat rose gold trim. So, yeah, definitely above that.
0: So the vehicle itself starts at, or it doesn't start at, but just the vehicle probably equipped the way it will be for this, 97000 Okay. So you're, I mean, and there's definitely a hundred grand worth of
1: extras. Oh yeah, by the time you do the royals Royce leather and yeah. all that stuff. So yeah, you're probably right. You're probably two, two and a half, but it's a tax write off. <laughs> I mean, true. Look at the upside of that. All right, last thing I want to talk about. I imagine th- if you've got the kind
0: of money that you're buying something like that, your your deductions are already maxed out. Oh no,
1: no, you <laughs> buy something like that because you need the deduction. Well, yeah. <laughs> and all. It's, a, it's a chicken and the egg thing. I'll give you that for sure. Merchant's Cigar Bar reopens in New York City after four-year hiatus. Now, so after the break, I want to talk about this. I'm going to let everybody kind of ruminate on this. Is this really the time to open a new cigar lounge? <laughs> right. I mean, it seems pretty bold. So we're going to step away for a break, and when we come back... And all. Sean's giving that cigar that I threw away the fisheye. Um, when I get when we get back, we'll talk about the Merchant Cigar Bar. All right, we'll be back with that and more after this.
0: Trey here with this week's Cigar Under Eight. I want to talk about the Macanudo Inspirado Black? This is an excellent, full bodied budget stick.
1: You know, when you're looking for a cigar and you're at the level that we are where you look at the recipe, Mm. where you and I can tell a lot about whether or not we're going to like a cigar by the recipe. When I see Connecticut broadleaf wrapper over a Dominican Republic binder or Dominican Republic origin with Sumatra binder, Mexican Nicaraguan fillers, that's just a recipe for greatness. Yeah.
0: And for both of our palates, which don't always agree, but do more time than not. This is this is a cigar that's gonna be very full flavored. I would really only put it in about a medium to full in body. I don't get a whole lot of nicotine kick off of it.
1: I think sometimes in these systems they mistake complexity for strength. Yeah. This is complex. But it's not, it's not blow your head off strong. Yeah.
0: Just an excellent cigar. So until next week, smoke the Macanudo Inspirato Black.
1: back to the cigar cast this week's bump joke brought to you by mitch Hedberg. <laughs> i'm shane reeves and sitting across from me from the man that when the waitress asked how he wants his eggs he said fertilized incubated raised beheaded and plucked mr trey deadman <laughs> that's an old mitch Hedberg joke that i heard this like that i just loved and <laughs> no, apparently he's like you he didn't like eggs either yeah. no, he, he was the king of the one-liner Oh, he was absolutely. No, nobody was better nobody. than Mitch Hedberg at just you know, the and and the jokes you could remember. I think. So, is a comedian is it better to be memorable or not? Because I, I wonder how many people have inadvertently stole his jokes. Yeah. Well, and the other thing
0: is, yeah. You know, so I was I was watching a documentary, or rewatching a documentary that I hadn't seen in several years, um, on Monday. I guess it was. News yesterday And uh, it was about Eddie Izzard Because he actually got into trouble uh, With some market watchdog Kind of group in the UK A few years ago About the fact that He was reusing material
1: Well Was he reusing his material Or other yeah, people's material Yeah, he was reusing his material
0: And he was One of the reasons I think He is such a br- brilliant comedian Is because He never stops developing material when he starts a new tour, it's pretty much a carbon copy of where his previous tour left off, but he adds a few things and 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 he slowly figures out how to work the new material in and phases the old stuff out to the point that by the time he gets to the end of the tour, it's a completely new set. So let's t- think about this for a second. If if he, you know, if if, if he starts in the same place, if he starts in Australia, everything. Then, then it's still going to be different, so what do you care?
1: Well, and if it's his material, if you don't like it, don't buy a ticket to the show. Yeah, exactly. I it, mean, do these people get onto the Rolling Stones for playing Start Me Up over and over? That was exactly one of the things he said <laughs> in yeah. the movie of,
0: like, specifically the Stones. Like, we've heard this all before. We're going to report you. <laughs> yeah. And it, so... The reason I brought that up in in the context of what you were saying is is just the, is the whole thing about being memorable. It's unfortunately being memorable has its own downsides. So you almost want them to forget your joke so that they laugh just as hard the next time they hear.
1: Well, you know, one of the great shows that was on FX was Louie. about Louis with Louis C.K. in it, and yeah, that it was, was hard to watch at times. Oh, it was uncomfortable at times. It yeah. was a tough. It was a tough watch, but it was enjoyable. Because not a lot stirs me up, and that stirred me up yeah. because of just the the nature of the material is that way, right? And I'll and that's one of the you know he had a beef with Dane Cook, and Dane Cook said, you know, are you think I didn't steal your jokes? We just had the same thought. Do you think you're the only person? And I'll, so it's interesting, it's interesting how that that aspect of life. Works. Do you really
0: want to be the no, known as the guy who defended Dave, Dane Cook though?
1: Well, I'll, I'll <laughs> I will defend whoever is in the right. Okay And uh, I will I, I am fair impartial Right down the middle Everybody that listens knows I will defend Whoever is in the right And I can honestly believe That Dane Cook and Louis C.K. Had some of the same thoughts That really cannot They're not that far apart If you listen to their comedy <laughs> So But speaking of comedy And all uh, New York A staple of comedy And all uh, We teased it before the break Merchant Cigar Bar reopened on Wednesday, December 2nd after a four-year shutdown. I'm certain I've drew plans for the contractor on that.
0: (laughs) I just cannot understand going through a pandemic in the city that was hit by it the hardest, in a state that just introduced a draconian tobacco tax. And someone's sitting around going, now is
1: the time to start this. Well, and they're even showing they got the plexiglass things up in between the tables. Yeah, because those aren't going to yellow with nicotine <laughs> staining after two weeks. Well, uh, well, you know, obviously, but they're tough enough to stop coronavirus. Um, here's the thing. I think, like him or not, under our, our new administration that's coming in, you're going to see record levels of civil disobedience. This may not be as bad an ideal as you think. I think you're going to see more people, when they start putting in really stupid laws, sheriffs saying, no, we're not going to enforce them. It already happens every day with all the COVID stuff. The cities will say, we're shutting down outdoor dining, and the sheriffs will say, no, we're not going to enforce that happening all the time it i think we're going to start seeing more of that this may not be as dumb a move as you think because this may be the speakeasy that everybody wants to get into
0: Mm, maybe but i just don't see it happen and 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 we we differ in the fact that you view that civil disobedience as a great thing whereas i don't so much
1: well, you view, but when they start protesting, you view that as a great thing. Is that not civil disobedience? That's that's a very different animal altogether. No, it's still civil disobedience. It's still against the man. Yeah, but it's I'm just the man has changed, so the people that are being disobedient has changed.
0: No, but I'm. Not, it, it has nothing to do with who's in charge or who's following or anything like that. But. Um for a for a sworn officer of the law to say that I'm not going to do my job because I don't agree with it will then find another er, line of employment no for for someone to to care enough about a social issue that's being that's falling on deaf ears to take to the streets and exercise their constitutional rights those are two very different
1: things no for a sworn officer of the law to say I am here to protect the spirit of the law you're here to try and force the ignorance of the you know last week I had to go to my office at six thirty in the morning and change the label on a room from flex room to um, hobby room, so that they could get a co on a house. That is the kind of stuff that sheriffs should not have to enforce when they're so wrapped up in the letter that they won't support themselves in it. I don't think the police are any, under any obligation to follow it. I, I just I disagree. I, I, they I don't they think swear so. an oath. They swear an oath to uphold the law. They don't swear an oath to listen to whatever jack wagons in office. They swear an oath to uphold the law. And if the law says X, then it's their responsibility but to enforce but that. But no law says exactly X. There is always nuance in every direction. Okay, but the but the but the sheriffs are not coming out saying we're not
0: going to. You know, exercise this portion of this because it's not explicitly straighted that way. They're just saying, no, we're not going to do any of it. Well, how much
1: do they have to explain themselves? A lot. (laughs) No. They work for us. So do the politicians. And they think they they run us. At least the sheriffs know they work for us.
0: You're not. Uh, mm, uh, I disagree with that wholeheartedly. I also don't see any. I, I also completely agree with you yes the politicians also should be held to a higher standard and sh- should be held to the scrutiny of the public and shouldn't be able to do stupid stuff that it flies in the face of, uh, of the constitution or you know or just common sense or common sense especially common sense but at the same time i think uh, so yeah i think
1: well as we start seeing and this is the thing as you start seeing the more liberal socialist side come out because the pendulum's swinging and i believe the new administration is going to be the most liberal in history and i think you're going to see record levels of civil disobedience and i think places like this are going to be in position to make money off that so i don't know that it's that bad an ideal. Uh,
0: what we will see i'll keep an eye out to see how quickly they close
1: Yeah, and if in three weeks they say Okay, they closed Then by all means I will be happy to admit you were right No skin off my nose Okay, how do you pronounce the new Liga Pravada? Bauhaus Bauhaus Liga Pravada Unico Siri Bauhaus Exclusively for Europe And I actually really
0: like this Because So there is a There is a school of art called Bauhaus And the idea behind it Is that it's There has to be purpose or function. And it kind of flies in the face of traditional art critics' definition of art. And art must stand on its own and serve no other purpose than to be art. That's kind of the traditional definition. So this kind of turns that on its head and says, no, there has to be a purpose. There has to be a function.
1: And so that's kind of the idea. Give me an example of Bauhaus art. What's something that that I might have ever heard of in my life that would be an example of Bauhaus art? Um, architecture kind of falls in the Especially when you look
0: at um, that huge tower in Dubai that looks like a sail blowing in the wind. You know, it's it's functional, it's architecture, but it's art at the same time. That's that's the the easiest thing I can kind of I can think of.
1: Okay, I can I can follow that. And all exclusively for Europe, why would you want to want an exclusively European cigar? No idea, and all that part don 't make a lot of sense to me it 's one hundred and fourteen by nineteen point eight so that 's metric so it 's a five by fifty short <laughs> and all, i, I, I don 't know is the five by fifty not good enough? Do we have to convert it to millimeters? Well, it is one of those irony of ironies
0: the fact that Cigars are entirely grown, cultivated, and constructed, for the most part, in a country which uses the metric system. But because the majority of them are exported to the one country that uses the imperial system, we've all ascribed to this this well, okay, imperial so- metric on our
1: cigar sizes... Yeah, that's the thing. Isn't, isn't the ring gauge, I don't guess you would consider that Imperials or metric. That's just kind of, it's unique to cigars. But it's based on the
0: inch. Right. So, I mean, because you've got gauge wires, so I wonder if, I, I wonder if it translates, because it's the same gauging system. Yeah, but
1: gauge shotguns is a totally different deal than, gauge, ring, than ring gauge and gauge wire. That's yeah. three totally different gauge sizes, but neither here nor there. It's a bold Brazilian binder and completed using filler tobaccos from Honduras and Nicaraguan. Sounds like a decent cigar. It does. I love this, too. Intentionally um,
0: extra, pays extra attention to leaf placement within the cigar intentionally designed to take your aficionados through a new experience. So uh, this kind of, it, it really, not only is it called the Bauhaus, but it follows that Bauhaus principle, and I like that.
1: So let's assume that there's no pandemic going on. Okay. And you could just jump on the QE2 and run over to England and pick up some Bauhaus. Is the
0: How- QE2 still running? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, um, Costa still runs it. And all, super luxury. That's, that's always my dream vacation, that I would take that to London and actually get to see London. That way, to take the take the boat to London and rather than the plane and have your, have you know, it'd be nice to travel there in luxury instead of having it soured by being packed into an airplane. Um, say you could jump on that. How many boxes could you bring back and sell to the rabid Drew Estate fan oh, base in America? How many boxes do you think you'd have to bring back to pay for your trip to Europe? It
0: also, I wonder, I mean, I bet you could get about four times MSRP.
1: I bet you get four hundred a box. I bet you get more than that. I bet Maybe, you get about probably, six. then you get six? Yeah. Um, uh, so you so you bring back ten boxes and you pay for your trip. But you know, when you have to declare things coming back
0: through customs, like. This goes back to this kind of arbitrary definition in the law of what's considered personal cons- consumption, personal use. Because you can't bring enough for distribution back into the country without a tobacco distributor's license and blah, 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 import taxes and yada, yada. So where – I guess yeah, it depends on
1: I, the customs agent. I guess it does. I guess it depends on how much you'd have to argue with the customs agent that Tim boxes – of a European non-Cuban cigar. This is a non-Cuban, so right. you wouldn't run into that. Yeah, the ten boxes of that is a reasonable amount to bring back for yourself. Yeah, yeah. because yeah, you know, I'm not going to get this cigar again. Right. You know, because a trip to Europe is expensive. This is to last me the rest of my life. Yeah. So if you brought ten boxes back and sold them at six hundred a pop, six thousand dollars, you could probably make it to Europe and back on six grand. Oh yeah. And I'll probably fairly easily, but that, that's why I want to take the boat because it'd be much easier coming off the boat with ten boxes than trying to carry that through airplanes. True. And all that's that's the beauty. So everybody, vacation ideal for this summer, <laughs> and all or next summer whenever all this madness ends, um, vacation ideal. Use the Bow House to, to pay for your vacation. <laughs> and all okay. So the other thing that I want to talk about. I've been on such an art of manliness kick lately. You have been. Well, I enjoy enjoy the website. Right. But by and large, I agree with a lot they say. But in this instance, I think they missed totally the mark on why every man should carry a pocket knife. Now, what is your view on the pocket knife? I'm a huge fan of the pocket knife.
0: Uh, And I only am not currently, I usually go through phases where if I'm wearing pants, I have a pocket knife and, or I don't carry it for months at a time. And I'm currently in one of those, not carrying it mostly because I don't currently own a knife that I like well enough to everyday carry.
1: Yeah. You, it's, it's a very personal decision. Your, your everyday carry knife. Mine has evolved. You know, from the time I was 13, I carried a buck three blade Stockman. Till probably in my 30s and then I had to switch to the one-handed opener because it just made more sense for and now what I, you're yeah. using it for now I carry the buck extract because it has a pair of pliers scissors and one you know one hand opener blade and everything on it all in one pack it's more of a multi-tool but it's still compact enough right to be enjoyable but the the pocket knife now this is one of the things I love about the article. First century Romans created the first folding pocket knife. I had no idea. I thought, I I thought Buck created the first pocket knife. If you'd asked me who created the first pocket knife, I'd have said, what is Case? What is Buck? Yeah. In, in 1840. Yeah. Yeah. Pioneer days. But the, the Romans created the folding pocket knife, easy carrying for soldiers and explorers on their journeys and conquests. And it's funny, too, because it says, you know, th- as the use of sheath knives
0: became more popular, I would have I, I fought with somebody who tried to tell me that it went that direction and not the other. I would think the sheath knife, because you had the swords and you just make it smaller and smaller, and it would take a long time to decide to fold it. I wouldn't think it would go the other way around.
1: No, I wouldn't either. 16th century pro- pocket knives began to, re- began to regain popularity. They were popular in the American colonies because a farmer, an agrarian society, I guarantee you need a pocket knife. Yeah. There's always something that needs cut. You've always got to cut a bale of straw. You've always got to do. There's always some reason to carry a pocket knife if you're a farmer. Mm-hmm. and all. And then it keeps going on, and they talk about um, George Washington toted one as he led the troops, and the Navy began issuing pocket knives to sailors during the Civil War. Which, if you're on a boat, I can understand that your boat's sinking, you're tangled up in something. Yeah, yeah, um,
0: I can see that being indispensable.
1: But why? Here's my complaint with them: Why a man should carry a pocket knife? Opening a box—that's a dumb reason to carry a pocket knife. How many boxes are you coming into contact with <laughs> yeah. on a
0: daily basis?
1: Not only that, can you not? If, if it's me versus cardboard, I'm going to win that fight at least fifty percent of the time. Right.
0: Well, and and also, if I am opening enough boxes throughout the day that I need a tool to help me, just so I don't wear out my hands or whatever, I'm going to take a box cutter.
1: Sure. It's literally designed for that. It's literally (laughs) called a box cutter. Yeah. Cutting rope tags and string. Okay. Cutting an apple. Okay. I've just opened six boxes. I've, (laughs) I've, I've cut a bunch of string. Cut a couple of hay bales. Cut the the tether holding the sewer cap open. Now let's peel an apple. Although although you and I both recognize the fact that
0: the old man using the pocket knife to peel and then eat the apple right off is the ultimate of wise sage individual. Got to step
1: above that. The raw turnip. When you jerk the raw turnip out of the ground, I remember my granddaddy doing it like it was yesterday. He'd pull us a turnip out of the ground and peel that turnip for us right there with the pocket knife. And hand each kid their own turnip. That's the manliness. Because right. that's that's not sweet. That's a turnip. Well, the I'm only not... reason you're eating that turnip is because he went to the trouble of peeling right. it. No, under normal circumstances, you'd you never, never eat a turnip. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the turnip is a step up. Um, opening a letter. Well, How many letters do you get in a day? Yeah. Weapon. Well, okay.
0: <laughs> I, I do like this. Not the most effective, but it's better than nothing. Hey, the dude wrestling the gator probably wished he'd had a pocket knife. Right? <laughs> but the issue with the pocket knife is the fact that unless you specifically carry one with an assisted one handed open, it's gonna be really clumsy if yeah. you're trying to if you're trying to open and deploy and use it as a weapon.
1: Yeah, I mean mine I could use as a weapon in a heartbeat. Yeah. Because mine pops right out Mine's a, and It's not assisted It's just It's a flick of the wrist Yeah And it's there I'm letting the microphone Pick up the I flick I understand And also, I was I can go weapon on mine um, You like number six
0: I <laughs> do Because When I go camping Regardless of what stage Of my life I'm in In terms of everyday Pocket gear, I do have a knife on me At all times And it comes in handy Constantly
1: Right Number seven, you never know when you're going to have to MacGyver your way out of a crisis. So by that logic, you should also carry duct tape, shouldn't you?
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> so I, you know, I always carry a, a screwdriver and a roll of duct tape and a roll of electrical tape in my car.
1: Bag at- of lime, a <laughs> shovel.
0: <laughs> no, at all times. No, because if you've got an electrical issue, you don't want foil tape. Sure. Which is what duct tape is. And so... I always carry those three things in my car at all time. But if you've only got a Phillips and you need a, a flat blade, you know, having a pocket knife to turn a screw or or something, or or even you know to cut, I've I've used a pocket knife before. Um, I hit a raccoon in my old car. I know. <laughs> Wait,
1: it's not what you think. Car collecting is not for you, Trey. No, no. <laughs> I know. this this year you've got a deer. You got a raccoon before that. You got rear-ended. I think you need to re- re- yeah. <laughs> rethink your car thing, car in, collecting. In fairness,
0: the raccoon was last year. But, mm-hmm. yes, I have hit a DRM been rear-ended this year uh, in this car, which I've only had since May. Anyway, so I hit a raccoon. And if you've never hit a raccoon with a vehicle, you may not recognize that they are as dense as Mercury. Oh, yeah. They are solid. I mean, my whole car went... Mm-hmm. Vroom. I mean, well, I started hearing the grr, 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 It ripped the plastic fender well lining out, and I had to get my pocket knife in there to cut it away to keep it from wearing out my tire. Right. So that, I would count that as the, the MacGyvering my way out of a crisis.
1: And number eight, you need something to clench in your teeth when swinging from a rope. You don't use a pocket knife for that. That's a fixed blade. No, that's a Bowie knife. Yeah, it, it, the blade must at least be eight inches longer. You're just going to cut your lips. Yeah. Although, I do feel like that one is very much tongue-in-cheek. I, I believe so, but still, I, I wanted to hold on to a higher standard. But now, here's the real reason to carry a pocket knife. You can tell so much about a man by his pocket knife. When I, if you ask me, hey, you got a pocket knife, and I hand you my pocket knife, it's going to be clean, it's going to be sharp, it's gonna be ready to go. It's go. It it symbolizes the order of my life. My yeah. pocket knife. There's nothing less masculine when somebody hands you a pocket knife that's dull, right? Or that hadn't be that's full of you know blue lint. jean lint. Yeah, you can't get it open and it's creaky and crap. Or worse yet, they hand you one of those collectors pieces that's paid two dollars for at the flea market. has got right. an eagle on the side. Yeah, and I'll, I I really think they missed the boat on this because. You can judge, and it's important when raising young men that they have the responsibility of a pocket knife. Okay, you are now carrying a blade. You now are in charge of using that blade responsibly. You're now in charge of keeping that blade clean, of keeping that blade sharp. Sharpening a blade is a skill every man should have.
0: And it's, uh, you know, and it's, there's something, uh, there's just something inherently uh, beneficial to life of having a, a tangible tactile skill like that of knowing you can always have a, an, a good sharp edge on your blade
1: also it's a rite of passage I remember when I got my first pocket knife it was a rite of passage into manhood and all. I would see the old men sitting around whittling and I wanted nothing more than to set him whittle right and all for those that don't live in the South, whittling is when you take a stick and reduce it to a toothpick for no other reason than to do it. Right. And I actually remember my granddaddy taking his buck and stripping the threads off of bolts to show people how good the blade was and how sharp it was. Wow. And all. And it's it's just it's such an iconic thing and they don't really talk about that in this article. How the 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 existential values of giving a young man a pocket knife.
0: And, and so I'm going to give kind of a top tip to our listeners on this, because this, this is kind of a, as much as I hate the term life hack, but this is kind of something that we stumbled upon in my family many years ago. So if you're a part of a family, especially one that has a lot of little kids, do yourself a favor, and every Christmas, make sure at least two people get a pocket knife in their stocking. Sure. If you're like me and my family, you go through the stocking first, and then you open the presents. And inevitably, there's something in a, a one of those awful clamshell plastic mm-hmm. that you can't get into. There's, you know, a, a battery door on a toy that needs opening, and you don't have to... always make sure you get. And then, because it's first thing in the morning, you haven't put your pocket knife in your pants pockets yet. Just make sure there's two down there for anybody who needs it. It will save you so much hassle on Christmas morning.
1: Yeah and you know it the, the responsibility of carrying a blade is that can be that first step into real into responsibility. Yeah into really not cutting yourself, not having to run to the doctor and get stitches, not having any of those problems at all that can really be the first step. So all right, rank the noir. Six. I I love this cigar. I I think you're right. I think it's a six all day long. Yep. And under the right circumstances could be better. Yeah, I I agree. We're both smoking the Robusto. Mm -hmm. I'd be interested to see what it's like in the Gordo. I think you
0: would lose a little bit.
1: You might, you know, you lose a little intensity. You know, we talked about the Tatawahi and the um, Surrogates earlier. They're all Robustos. Yeah. So you're get, I do think you lose a little of the intensity when you move out of the robusto, but I I think six all day long on this cigar. Yeah, absolutely. This is just this is the best perdomo I have smoked And all. I can say that with all honesty. This is the best of the perdomo line that I have smoked. Well, how do they get hold of us, Trey? You can reach us at Facebook.com/slash The
0: We're on Instagram and Twitter at The Cigar Cast. You can get us on email at info at The
1: Well, thank you, everybody, for listening this week. Until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us.